Hello, this is Lyle Phillips, Senior Pastor at Iris Nashville, and I would like to personally thank you for downloading and listening to our podcast each week. To find out more information about Iris Nashville, you can find us online at irisnashville.com. Thanks, and God bless. How about you guys? Man, I'm excited about that. I'm also excited tonight to share with you guys uh, from the Word of God. I'd actually been preparing and planning a few months back uh, to, to begin a new sermon series in the summer. And I really desire to study and to preach a sermon series about finances. Now, if you've been going here for very long at all, you're going to know that I have never preached once about money. I really haven't. I never have. I've, I've alluded to it in the sense that I know God's all about blessing us with it and that, that we must be good stewards of it. And there are a lot of parables and principles in the Gospels. Uh, believe it or not, most of Jesus' parables were about money. Did you guys notice that as you read through the Gospels? And I've just, you know, I've been thinking and praying, God, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to preach to our family, to our community about, about finance. And so as I've been praying about that, I really felt like God led me to preach about the kingdom first. And so maybe we'll get to the series on finance. Maybe we never will. But hey, we'll just be like the people of Israel following, you know, the cloud and the fire, right? Following the cloud by day, the fire by night. Wherever the Lord leads, that's where we'll go. That's what we'll preach. That's what we'll do. Anybody with me in here? Right? You know, so I just felt like there was some oil on the kingdom message. And how many of you here were, la- were here last week with this? Okay, that's like a third of the room. This is amazing. So if we all show up on the same night, we're going to have to sit out some chairs in here. Man, that's great. Um, but, you know, that's, that's normal because our church has always been a, a, a landing strip and a launching pad. And so, I, you know, I believe that God sends world changers here, sometimes just for a brief refreshment, but also sometimes for seasons. And then he also sends people out of here and to the nations. And if you're called here, awesome. If you're not, awesome. Uh, we just want you to go wherever God tells you. Amen. Amen. So we, we, always, you know, we always say, hey, don't go to the church that you're most comfortable in. Go to the church you're called to. You know what I mean? That's where, you, that's where you should go. Where, where does God send you, right? So um, I want to start tonight by reading from the Word of God, and um, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. So I'm going to do something a little different tonight as we read from the Word of God. I'm going to ask all of you guys to stand up if you don't mind. How many of you guys stood up when you read the Bible as a kid? All right, a few of you guys. So KD, are you feeling this right here? Standing up for the reading of the word. Now, if you didn't stand up quick, man, you know, dad would thump you on the ear or something. You know, get up, son. It's time to honor the word. So um, I've been feeling to do this for a while, but I just think it's good that we, that we just engage completely with the Bible. You guys are quiet. I'm going to keep going at you tonight, right? Okay. So we're going to engage with the Bible. We're going to read Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 12. So it is 12 verses of Scripture, so you're going to stand for a little bit longer. If you're okay with that, just say, I'm okay with that. Cool. So here we go. John the Baptist prepares the way. I love this story. Verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's all say that together. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, those are the religious folks, coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. That's key. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. This is even more key. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So let's pray. Jesus, we love your word. We cherish your word. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's more precious to us than rubies, your wisdom is, God. And so right now, we just pray over our hearts, and we just declare that we are receptive to hearing your truth, and we are hungry, and we are ready to receive the seed of God tonight. Lord, I just ask you to anoint me as I preach your word to your people tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. You may be seated. On your way to your seat, just tell the person next to you, say, onward. That's the title of my message tonight. That is Onward. Just look at the other person that you didn't tell and say, Onward. Onward. Good. That's the title of the message tonight. I'm going to preach from that subject, Onward. Okay? You guys ready? Let's go. So last week, if you were here, which uh, very few of you lifted your hands and said that you were here, so I know not everyone was here, but last week I began my message by talking about Jesus's first sermon, all right? How many of you guys remember what that was? We read it tonight. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so tonight, I want to begin by talking about John's first sermon, which was also, you guys say it with me once more, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, when I read this passage of scripture, I just get excited. I'll be honest with you guys. This is such a colorful passage because John himself is such a wild character, is he not? I mean, come on, let's look at what he's wearing. Come on, this guy's wardrobe is a camel hair suit with a leather belt tied around his waist. Now, if I got up here tonight in a camel hair tuxedo, you guys would probably laugh me off this stage and probably not want to listen to anything I had to say. But John is out in the wilderness wearing camel hair, and he has a leather belt wrapped around his waist, and the Bible records that his diet was also just as strange. This man lived on locust. Now, I don't know how many of you guys have tried locust recently, but it's not exactly a delicacy in my mind, right? This man lived on locust and wild honey. And when we're introduced 
to John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3, we see that he is preaching a very familiar sermon. It's what we read last, last week. It's what we talked about. It's the same sermon that Jesus began his ministry with. Now, Jesus and John are cousins, all right? So they grew up knowing about each other. And I think it's interesting that they preach the same message because a lot of time as ministers or even as Christians today, we always put this pressure on ourselves that we have to develop an original content, right? We have to develop an original sermon. We have to develop our own perspective on things of the Bible. But I think it's interesting, I hope this is encouraging to you, that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the Messiah, actually borrowed a sermon when he began his earthly ministry. So I think it's safe to say that you can borrow other people's revelation and sermons from time to time to share in an implicable situation when it's encouraging and brings the kingdom. Amen? So if you've been worried about that, could I just relieve you of that pressure right now? In Jesus' name, Jesus came preaching what John was preaching. But when we further look into this man's life, John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, there's a few other things that we recognize about him. John was known as a prophet. When people talked about John, they talked about John the Baptist, the prophet. In fact, Jesus, the Messiah, said about John the Baptist that he was actually the greatest prophet that ever lived. That's what Jesus said about his cousin John. How many of you guys know that's a big compliment? He's the greatest prophet that ever lived. We also know that John was a very stern and direct preacher, and that's putting it lightly. This guy is somebody that undoubtedly society would say is quite rough around the edges. Would you guys agree? He's rebuking the religious elites in a camel hair suit. I don't think you get any more strange than that, right? We know that whenever some local pastors came out to see what he was doing, he said they were a brood of vipers. Doesn't seem very polite, does it? And then he gave them a prophetic sermon, and he said, you know, there's wrath that's on its way. And it's coming to your doorstep. Doesn't doesn't really feel like a very encouraging word, does it? And yet this is the guy who Jesus said is the greatest prophet. We know that John wasn't a very delicate man. We know that John was a pretty aggressive man. But we also know this. That John the Baptist was anointed by God to prepare the way for Jesus. We know that John the Baptist was anointed by God as a forerunner. John the Baptist was a trailblazer. John the Baptist was a pioneer. And when he came preaching and teaching, he prepared people through repentance to receive the ministry of Jesus Christ. Aren't you guys thankful today for the ministry of John the Baptist to teach us that we need to repent, to prepare our hearts to prepare our minds and our spirits to receive the message of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody else in here excited about that? I know that I'm thankful despite it being aggressive, despite it being rough around the edges, I'm thankful for it because he was preaching the truth. Amen? I didn't become a Christian because it was all fluffy and nice and cute and cuddly and packaged just properly. I became a Christian because it's true. (laughs) 
Amen? That's why you became a Christian, right? And so John the Baptist is preaching and teaching. He's preparing the way for the Messiah. And God chose this man to baptize the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a pretty big honor, wouldn't you say? So John, he's preaching this message. He baptizes Jesus Christ. And then after, after Jesus comes up out of the water, we know that the Holy Spirit descends and the Father speaks. Here's my son in whom I'm well pleased, which I think is interesting because he hadn't did anything yet. Don't you find that interesting? That the Father is well pleased with your life before you actually do anything? <laughs> that he loves you so much before you even step out and start to preach or do anything that you hear me talk about, the Father is already looking at you and saying, my beloved son, my beloved daughter, in you I'm well pleased. I'm thankful for that, right? I'm thankful that John baptized Jesus. And after Jesus comes up, you know, a few weeks later, we see Jesus begin his preaching ministry. He starts to preach and teach. And, and what does he preach? Repent. You got to say it with me one more time. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what Jesus begins to preach. John and Jesus both preached the gospel of the kingdom. I want you to think about that for a second. I wrestled with this all week. I know that seems like a simple sentence, but John the Baptist preached as much of the gospel of the kingdom of heaven as Jesus did. Just wrestle with it. I fought through it all week. They preached the same message, but the emphasis was different. John the Baptist placed his emphasis on the word repent, right? Jesus placed his emphasis on the second half of that sentence. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. They both preached the same gospel with a different emphasis. Depending upon your emphasis in ministry will give you the fruit of your ministry. A lot of people want different fruit in their ministry, but they're not willing to change their emphasis. If you want different fruit in your life, you have to change the emphasis of your life. Just because you're preaching the right message doesn't mean you're not going to get the wrong fruit. It's about our emphasis. And John the Baptist preached exactly what God anointed him to preach, which was repentance. His emphasis was upon repentance. And as a result, the fruit of his life and ministry was what? Repentance. He was out in the wilderness with a weird outfit on, eating the craziest food you could imagine. And yet it says that all of Jerusalem, the city, and the surrounding towns, this is hundreds of townships that are vacating their homes, they're going out in the wilderness to see a weird guy preach rudely and then baptize everybody and their dog. Is anybody else fascinated by this yet? Because I think this is fascinating, right? Preaching the same message with different emphasis, John comes preaching repent, and what happens? The fruit of his life and ministry is people repent of their sins. That's what happens. 
once more. How many of you guys are thankful for that, right? I'm thankful that I've been given the opportunity, the grace and the privilege to repent of my sins and prepare my heart to receive the Messiah. Amen? So we see Jesus. Jesus puts the emphasis on the latter half of that sentence, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And because of the emphasis on Jesus' ministry, there was a different fruit on Jesus' ministry, which was what? That the kingdom of heaven showed up, and miracles happened, and the dead was raised, and lepers were cleansed, and demons were driven out, and the poor had the gospel preached to them. People were sick and immediately got healed. People had everything from small headache to big tumors, and they were all healed just the same. How many of you guys are thankful for the ministry of Jesus that came with the emphasis of the gospel of the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Amen? So this is what Jesus came preaching and teaching. When he started to talk about the kingdom of heaven, heaven was revealed and miracles took place. This is the gospel in the same way that John's preaching was the gospel. John proclaimed that we must change our way of thinking in the exact same way that Jesus proclaimed we must change our way of thinking. When John was saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and Jesus was saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, they were both preaching the same gospel. They were both proclaiming to people, you must change your way of thinking or else you're going to miss the closest thing to you which is the kingdom of heaven. I know that you've been debating. I know that you've been arguing over what happens to you when you die. And you think and you hope and you pray that there's a heaven in the afterlife. But what this gospel came to declare is that heaven is here now. And if you don't let your old ways of thinking die out, you're going to miss it even though it's right up next to you. It's not required that you die to see heaven but it is required that your old ways of thinking die to see heaven. Are you guys with me tonight? Do you have your thinking caps on? How many of you guys already? You're like, this is too much, Lau. All right, cool, awesome. I'm glad I got a hungry church that I'm a part of. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that you guys are passionate disciples, that you want to go deeper and that you're not satisfied with just reading the Bible on Sunday. That you know that church is not just something that you attend, but church is something that you embody, that you are, because you have the king of kings that's taken up residence on the inside of your heart. How many of you guys in here tonight, you're like, that's me, Lyle. You're, you're, you're preaching to me tonight, man. All right, well, let's go a little bit deeper. So John's message, guys, is the appetizer, not the dessert. <laughs> But think about it just for a second, all right? Because in my opinion, Kristen mentioned it earlier, hashtag Lyle's opinion, all right? In my opinion, if you were to look around or read the news, it would seem as though the goal of the church today is to get the world to repent. John's message. John's emphasis. I don't know about you guys. I pull up every morning, news.google.com. That's the first thing that comes up. And I always have stuff on there about the church because I enjoy reading about the church. And it would seem to me as though the church's goal, universally, is to get the world 
to repent. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. In my opinion, that's what I see. But I do not believe that that is God's goal for the church alone. I'm not saying that God doesn't have a goal for the church to see the world repent, but I do not believe that we're supposed to stop there. Can I get you guys just to say with me, onward. (laughs) You guys said it like me too. Thank you for doing that. But here's why I believe that. Because if the world was going to repent as as the result of the church telling them to flee from wrath, everybody would already be saved. If our, if, if our main tool to get the world to repent is the emphasis of John's ministry, why isn't the whole world saved? Because it looks like the church is doing a pretty good job at telling the brood of vipers to flee from the wrath. Because it's coming, it's coming, it's, all, it's on its way to you. <laughs> so no one else has seen the picket uh, fence signs or whatever they have on, right? You guys have seen that? God's goal for us is to acknowledge that expression. God's goal for us is to honor that message. God's goal for us is to receive that sermon, but it is not to stop there. John's message is not dessert. It's just the appetizer. Somebody say onward. Onward. That's not God's goal. God says, let's move you onward because I'm trying to shift you from the message and the emphasis of John the Baptist to the message and the emphasis of King Jesus. We cannot stop at the message of John. We must move onward to the message of Jesus. Jesus, let me say this emphatically, Jesus is why we repent. The purpose of our repentance is Jesus. (laughs) If our repentance does not lead us to Jesus, we simply made a decision to become more religious. Just let that set in. If our repentance does not lead us to Jesus, I don't know that we got saved. Because what are we saved from lest we have Jesus? You guys with me on this? Jesus is why we repent. The goal of the church cannot simply be to get the world repent, to repent. The goal of the church also has to see them move onward, not just to repentance, but to Jesus. To an active, vibrant, fulfilling, rich, abundant life with Jesus, where we're not just hearing, you better repent, you sinners, because the wrath is on its way. Into the abundant life of the kingdom of heaven is at hand, where we see the lepers cleanse, where we see the dead walk, where we see the lame stand up and take up their mat, where we see people get completely delivered from oppression and possession, get set right for the first time in their life, called into ministry and discipleship, get filled up with the power of the Holy Spirit and preach the gospel in public, release revivals, turn Nashville inside out, go to the nations and do something about human trafficking or global poverty or help the poor or stop a war who are fearless and bold in the face of danger to declare 
I belong to Jesus. See, for far too long, we've stopped at the appetizer. Oh, that's good. That's good. Repent. We got them saved. Hallelujah. They're in the church. We can count them on Easter. It's good. They gave us that decision card. I'm not knocking the church. I'm saying that we're stopping at the appetizer when the Lord has prepared a full course dinner for us. It's called the kingdom of heaven. It's the abundant life that's found in Jesus. And we can't repent for the sake of repentance unto a religion. We repent for the sake of transformation unto Jesus. Unto an active, vibrant, rich relationship with King Jesus in our lives today, now. Not just when we die, but seeing heaven because it's already here. I'm going to submit this to you guys. If your faith is boring, what have you repented unto? Right? Where did your repentance lead you? Because every now and then, I think it's just a good idea for us to get born again, again, right? For us just to repent again. Not because we're repenting to be a part of a social club called a church, but we're repenting to be in right relationship with Jesus Christ and be a part of the body and the bride of Christ in this generation. Am I firing you guys up yet? Good, good. Because Jesus is the reason why we repent. Never forget that. Now... Up here, I have an iPhone 6. <clears throat> whoop, whoop. Yeah, 6 Plus. That's right. Can't let you forget that. It's like a mini iPad right here, you know? 6 Plus, man. It's, it's not the 6S, uh, but it is the 6. And, uh, you know, it has a cracked screen on it here. Uh, but it still works well. And bless God, I am very thankful for my iPhone. How about you guys? If you have an iPhone, that's great. If you don't, then you need to get saved. Um, JK, JK. But here's what I realized since I've had my iPhone. That I bought the wrong iPhone. Here's why I say that. is because in my iPhone here, I simply just don't have enough memory. I got a 16 gigabyte, y'all. And, yeah, I know, right? Everyone's like, sinner. <laughs> Reprobate. <laughs> you know, it's... Heresy. I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, that uh, it's like an old English accent. <laughs> oh yeah, I always get my accents wrong. What was that accent? They always become the same accent. Uh, every time I try an accent, it always becomes the same accent. Doesn't matter like what nation I'm trying to represent. Just it just goes back to this, and it doesn't. I don't know. I don't think it resembles anybody. But, anyways, an iPhone six is what I have here. I have an iPhone 6, all right? iPhone 6. And I like my iPhone a lot, but I have a 16 gigabyte. And for those of you out there who are parents, okay, you know 16 gigs just ain't cutting it, right? Because if you have a newborn, like we do, and, well, he's a year old, but <laughs> the accent just threw me right off. So we got, okay, we got a year old. We got a toddler. Is that fair? Okay. My wife's keeping me in check, y'all. So we have a toddler, right? And 16 gigs, it's just not cutting it, y'all, because I take pictures of my baby like every single day, like 50 pictures a day probably. I'm on that burst effect, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like always taking pictures of Isaiah, always taking pictures of Allison. I was taking pictures of her today. She was putting on her makeup. She was upset with me, and she didn't want me taking pictures, but I still took them anyway. 
Anybody else do that with your significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, whatever? And so here's what I've realized is that 16 gigs, it's just not enough because every single time I wanna record a video, like if I'm in a moment where I'm like, I have to catch this on video right now, I pull up my little camera thing and a little box pops up and it says, not enough space to record this video. And I'm like, Satan, get behind me right now. Can I get a witness in here? Had that ever happened to you? It, it always happens at the worst time, right? You know? And then I have to go in. I thought, okay, all right. And I have to jump over. And then I just start deleting text messages. That's my first step. I just start deleting all the text. And then I go to emails. And then I go to other pictures and old videos. And then I look for apps that I don't use very often anymore. You guys know what I'm talking about? And you start deleting that off there. And then you go back to it. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's been 10 minutes. And the moment's still Boom, it's still not enough space. You're like, what is going on? Right? It's the worst. Definitely the worst. I hate that. And, you know, so with my iPhone today, I was doing the same thing. I was trying to take pictures of my wife, and the exact same thing was happening. And, and uh, I just simply don't have enough space on the phone to take any pictures. And, you know, as a result, honestly, I cannot download the new operating system, the new OS. Now, for those of you techies in here, you're going to know what I'm talking about. But on my iPhone, my OS or my operating system is so old that I don't even have all the features. Like, I can't even do all the stuff. You know that little cool touch that people do with their new iPhones? Like, watch that. Just touch on it for a little bit. It has a little mint. I can't do that because I don't have the new OS. I don't even have the new emojis. All right? So that means when y'all post on my Instagram, I know, right? It's sad. When you, it, it is, it's a hashtag first world problem for sure. And a personal problem. But when y'all put emojis on my Instagram, it just comes up as question marks. I'm dead serious. I, it's, okay, look, listen, it's a rough life, okay? It's a rough life. Right. Does anybody else, does anybody else you, you have this problem on your phone? Okay, three people. All right, okay, all the rest of you guys, you guys are all techie and everything. And, you know, here's the reality, though, for everybody who's, like, making fun of me. While I don't have the brand-new OS, all right, I can still do all the necessities, all right? I can still text, booyah. I can still make phone calls, that's right. I can still send emails for work. I can do all the bare necessities. I can do all the basics. Y'all like that, didn't you? Booyah, right? Man, I got to talk about iPhones more often. That's good. I, I, I have the necessities down, guys. I can, I can do that. Even though I don't have the new OS, I, you know, I can do all the necessities. And let's be honest, because I do have a 6 Plus, I look cool. And so I can, I can hold that and be like, what's up, you know, 6 Plus. But here's the reality. I have yet to experience, I have this phone, right? But I have yet to experience the fullness of everything that this phone has to offer, all right? And to be honest with you guys, I think that many Christians today are having the exact same problem, to be honest. They've got the phone, they got saved, but they're running on some old software. So, like, when we repent of our sins and we receive Jesus, right, it's almost like getting a brand new iPhone. What an upgrade. But soon after, there's an update. And repentance 
is like the software that's on your iPhone when you buy it. But there's this free upgrade that becomes available. And it's an opportunity to download a new OS, a new operating system. And it's called the kingdom of heaven. But there are so many Christians out there that never free up enough space to get the update. Because they're running on this old OS. They're not getting the opportunity to experience the fullness of everything that they've received. And they're satisfied by just getting to do the basics. Well, I can do all the bare necessities. Come on, it's the latest and greatest religion. Look at me, I look cool. Check out my Instagram. Even though I can't post the cool emojis, I can still, you know, John 3.16. I'm a believer, right? You guys with me on this? I think there's a whole lot of Christians out there. They, they have the phone, right? They're saved. But they're running on an old OS because the emphasis and the message of their salvation and what they've received has stopped at repentance. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, guys, there's an update. John started by preaching repent. Most Christians just stop there. I've repented. I'm good. I'm a part of a religion. I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven when I die. Got the phone. But Jesus is saying, hey, guys, there's a free download. It's already been paid for. <laughs> you don't even have to do anything else except for get rid of that old stuff and get the update. This is the message of the kingdom of heaven that is here. Come on, you've got the phone, you're saved, but you're not getting to experience the fullness of everything that I have for you. Move from repentance. Somebody say onward. Move from repentance into the kingdom of heaven and experience the fullness of your salvation. Every single thing that Jesus paid for on the cross for you to receive and walk out today. We can't just be filling our stuff, our, ourselves with stuff that doesn't matter and stopping with the repentance. We have to continue to move onward into the kingdom of heaven. You guys say it with me one more time, onward. When John preaches the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, people repent. John then says, shortly after, keep fruit or bear fruit in keeping with repentance. You know what that means? Onward. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Even John, the greatest prophet that ever lived according to the words of Jesus, said, hey, listen, I've got a message, I've got a sermon, and I've got an emphasis. It's the same gospel that you're going to hear in a few weeks. And what I want you to know is that when you go down in the water for repentance, bear fruit and keep with it. Because there's one coming after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to latch. And although I baptize you today for repentance, he's going to baptize you with the kingdom of heaven. The real spirit and the essence that's living on the inside of him, it's called the Holy Spirit and he's coming with fire. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Somebody say onward. onward. And when Jesus preaches the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, miracles happen. Jesus begins to not only announce and proclaim or sermonize, Jesus begins to demonstrate the very content of his messages. And so I want to read, you guys, read, read to you guys 
Real quick, Matthew 4, 23 through 25, because this is the fruit of Jesus' ministry. Just as John had fruit and people repented, Jesus had some fruit and miracles took place. Here's verse 23. It says, And he went throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And get this, healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. And great, cloud, uh, great crowds followed him from Galilee and Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from the Jordan and far beyond the Jordan. You notice here, guys, that Jesus was not just coming as an insurance salesman. He didn't show up and say, hey, guys, listen up. I got afterlife insurance. Everybody, you know, you've heard the life insurance. I'm the afterlife insurance man. And I have afterlife insurance for you. That's not what he did. Jesus came and he brought the message of the kingdom of heaven. He showed people heaven now. Jesus moves us onward. And if the kingdom of heaven was a central theme in the life of Jesus and we confess that to be a Christian means Christ-like, then why is a central theme of our lives not the kingdom of heaven is at hand here today right now? A central theme in the life of Jesus was the kingdom of heaven. You know, guys, Jesus did not come to show us what God could do. Jesus came to show us what a man could do in right relationship with God. Jesus came to practice what he preached. And God has not simply asked us to repent so that we can go to heaven when we die. God has invited us into a lifestyle, 24-7, 365, of the kingdom of heaven. And that does not mean making excuses, building a theology around why things don't happen that we read about in the Bible. Jesus never invited us into an ideology of excuses. He gave us a faith that declares that anything is possible. I feel like I need to say that one more time. You guys okay with that? Jesus came inviting us into a lifestyle of the kingdom of heaven, and that means not making excuses as to why we don't see things happen that we read about in the Bible. Because Jesus didn't come to give us an ideology of excuses. He came to give us a faith that declares that anything is possible. Jesus is truth. Capital T. He is not a man that he would lie. Every single thing that he said is true. And there is no word that returns to the Lord void. Amen? So it's safe to say that you can risk it all on his words. We don't have to, we don't have to spend our time trying to figure out how to, how to build a theology around what doesn't happen. We have to walk in boldness and faith, declaring that anything is possible. 
Come on, guys, that's the kingdom life. That's what you signed up for when you got saved and redeemed by the blood of the lamb, washed free of your sin as a result of your repentance and confession. What happened? You were baptized, not just by water, but by someone. And he came to live on the inside of you. And even if your faith has been beaten down and you can't even recognize it anymore, I would almost bet that something in this sermon, as long as it's been, has been appealing to the inheritance on the inside of you, even if it's just a flicker right now that says that is actually true. Anything is possible. And I used to dream and dream big. But the enemies tried to beat me down and try to get me to agree with I just need to make excuses for why things are not happening in my life. When in fact, God has called me to be a dreamer. God has called me to dream big. God has called me to stop making excuses and believe for the impossible. Anybody, any dreamers in here? I'm almost finished, guys. I just want to say a few last things, and that is about what Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Jesus teaches his disciples the same thing he teaches us today, which is this. Pray like this. Your kingdom come. You got to say this with me. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Jesus tells us to invite the same kingdom that he displayed in his ministry. That's what he declares to us. He said, hey, you see this? I'm saying, hey, kingdom of heaven is here. Boom, miracles. Kingdom of heaven is here. I walk on water. Kingdom of heaven is here. Lepers cleansed. Kingdom of heaven is here. Dead raised. Then he told his disciples, hey, when you go do this, because I'm giving you authority to, make sure you don't leave before you say, kingdom of heaven just come near you. And so here's Jesus saying, and guys, listen, I'm going to teach you what to pray. It's very Seldom that he talks about this in the Bible as it concerns us today. He says, hey, I want you to pray. Short prayer. Pray this. The kingdom of heaven come. I want you to pray the exact same thing you've been hearing me preach and watching me do miracles. Jesus didn't say a whole lot about what we were supposed to pray, but he said this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And this is the sort of life, guys, that we've been invited into but will not experience it if we simply stop at repentance. We must move onward. Onward. You know, when John started preaching, he preached in the wilderness, right? So all these people came out to hear him. But when Jesus started preaching, he went to the people. He went to Galilee. He went to every town. Jesus was, he got around, man. He was a hardworking preacher. He went to every town. There were over 200 towns in Galilee alone. Jesus went to every one of them. Everybody had to go out to meet John, but Jesus comes to you with his message of the kingdom. It's not just about you going and listening to somebody and hearing about repentance. That's important, but that's not God's ultimate goal. It's that you would know that Jesus desires you and that he's come to you right now in this very moment to bring you onward. So I just wanna ask you guys to stand. I'm gonna pray for you and dismiss you today. I really believe with all of my heart, you guys, that it's time for us as individuals as well as as a, as a community to move onward. I, I really do believe that it's time for an update. 
I think that we need to make some space and prepare for a brand new operating system. It's time for us to move onward because it's time for us to experience. It's time for us to experience the kingdom of heaven. You know, last, last Sunday was, was Pentecost Sunday and one of the things that I talked about was, you know, in the upper room, they heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And I would almost venture to say that all of you guys in here have heard plenty of messages in your life. You've, you've heard plenty of sermons. You've heard the sound. But after the sound came the fire that John the Baptist prophesied that Jesus declared was coming. They saw it. And I think onward for you, I think onward for us is that God is moving us into, into a season of seeing. Seeing the kingdom of heaven. Seeing people be healed. Seeing lives be restored. Seeing miracles take place. Seeing the very thing that Jesus proclaimed and declared and that becoming a reality for us in our lives. Anybody want that? If you want that, just lift your hand. I just want to pray over you. I just want you to know that if you're a Christian, that Jesus has an assignment for your life. He has a purpose and a destiny for your life. And first and foremost, that's to become like him. And if this is what he lived, and this is what he said, and this is what he prayed, then Lord, would you show us would you show us our responsibility to follow our King? So Lord, right now I pray over every hand that's been raised, every person that said, yeah, I'm in for this. I wanna experience the kingdom of heaven. I just pray boldness and I pray courage. I pray revelation and wisdom, counsel and impartation from heaven over them tonight. Lord, I thank you for encouraging and equipping this evening in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Uh, if you're in here tonight and you're thinking, man, I, that's great, Lyle, but that message was, that was insane. I have never heard anybody say that kind of stuff before. That is weird. And you're just like, I'm at the first place. You know, if that's you, and I just would ask you guys just to respect this time just for a moment longer, okay? We're about to dismiss. But if that's you and you're like, hey, I just, I need to repent. I know that I need to get my life right with God. That tonight I was brought here by the Holy Spirit. It's undeniable. Would you mind just to lift your hand right now? We're gonna pray for you before we leave. If that's anybody in here, it doesn't have to be, but if it is, I wanna give you the opportunity. Awesome. Amen, amen. Lovely. So I'm gonna invite Allison back. She'll formally dismiss you, but can we just give the Lord Jesus a big round of applause and bless him big and thank him. God, we love you and we bless you. We thank you. We say that you're amazing and we say it's our privilege and our pleasure to be a part of your kingdom in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So we're gonna have a ministry team up here.
they're willing and very happy to pray with you if you are experiencing any pain in your body or if you just need some encouragement and you want somebody to pray with you. We have a ministry team that's going to be up here and available. And if you raised your hand or if you didn't raise your hand and you're thinking, I, I genuinely do feel like I want to get right with Jesus tonight or I haven't had the opportunity to meet Jesus in the way that Lyle was sharing this evening. Our ministry team is going to be ready and willing to pray with you. They're also going to be equipped with these little handy cards. Um, and basically, if you, if you feel that you want to just meet Jesus. We want you to fill out these cards. We want to know who's meeting Jesus here in our family so that we know how to steward you. We know how to celebrate you. Um, and we know how to pray for you here at Legacy. Um, and then also, if you guys are interested, we actually have these invite cards that are out at our connect table. Grab a handful. Um, it's so often throughout my week that I meet people that are like, I'm looking for a place to plug in, a church. And we talk to them about Legacy, obviously, because it's our favorite church personally. Um, <laughs> go figure. Um, but we have these handy invite cards that just has uh, simple information, our address, the time we meet. They're really easy to hand out. So if you know that you have, um, you know, you run into a lot of people that are looking to plug in, grab some cards. Um, we want to have more friends here in our family. And we want you guys to feel safe to bring your friends. And a really easy way to do that is to hand out these cards so that they have the information as well. Um, and then one last thing is if you guys are here and you're part of our family or you're you're looking to get more plugged in with our family, we are doing our team night this Wednesday night, which is going to be here. It's so much fun. It'll be our third team night. And basically, um, it's a place for our family to get plugged in with the different teams serving here at Legacy. Um, and also, if you just want to get to know what teams are here at Legacy, come out to team night. We're doing a family meal um, this Wednesday night. So we're going to have, I know it's going to be so much fun. Something Lyle and I always say is that we don't want this just to be a ministry. We want this to be a family. So come out for family meal on this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Downstairs we meet uh, just down at the bottom of the stairs. And we're going to do team night. If you want to get involved, you want to get plugged in. We encourage you all to come. And if you are already serving on a team, be a team night. We want you to be there so that you know what's happening with your team um, and what's happening throughout the week. But now is your formal dismissal. We love you. We'll see you this week at team night, or we'll see you next Sunday at 4 p.m. Grab some invite cards, and we love you. You are dismissed. Thanks for subscribing to the Iris Nashville podcast. We'd love to hear back from you. If you don't mind, log into the iTunes store and leave us a rating and a review. The more ratings and reviews we get, the more accessible our podcast is to new listeners. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. And God bless.